Hello and welcome to another brand new episode of Podcast of Vito, a Big Brother podcast. On Podcast of Vito, we recap, discuss, and analyze every episode of BB23. So you might recognize that this isn't this isn't Brendan. This is Terrence. Uh, and oh, I forgot the rest of the intro. Here's my brother Owen. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> We're really just like firing all cylinders right off the bat here. Yeah, another duo episode today. Uh, Brendan got bit by a snake, so he's not here with us. Yeah, you know, you go down to North Carolina one time. Yeah, um, not actually what happened, but he's just <laughs> not here. Yeah, no, don't be concerned. Um, but yeah, so I think we're gonna jump right into it because we have a full week here. Uh, yes, I I was on the last episode. You guys did the full week last time, right? Yes, we did the full week. And how uh, long did it end up being? It was like, I want to say it was only about an hour 15, but we had less segments than we have today. Well, we'll keep it tight. We'll keep yeah, it tight. For sure. Okay, cool. So we're going to get into our first segment, hashtag, but first. So starting with the Sunday episode, um, the first main thing, you know, obviously we had the fallout from Saviors um, uh, winning the HOH, um, but the first thing that really stuck out to me in this episode was the formation of the Royal Flush. Uh, so the Royal Flush is basically just the Kings and Queens teams combined, uh, along with Derek X, their their Joker or their wild card, if you will. Um, so their ace, they're in the hole. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah. So who who's in that um, overall? It's it's Derek X. It's that okay. So the Kings are that would be Christian Xavier Alyssa SB. Oh Sarah Beth. Um, and the Queens are Kylan Tiffany Claire. Okay, so that, yeah, that's your eight. So, you know, an, another big alliance here, um, and we're going to talk a lot about alliances this episode. I'm more intrigued by alliances so far this season than I have been in a long time because there's a lot of different ones going on, but they all have massive overlaps. Yes, and um, this is what I'm talking about with why teams are such a good idea. Yes, so yeah, you beat me to it. So, and the teams also function as as alliances effect, you know, effectively. Uh, it's like, it's one of those things where, I don't know, you think about like, um, good creative, um, you know, diff- different creative things. One of the sayings is um, that constraints lead to better, yes. you know, creative endeavors. Uh, and I think this is one of those, those instances where they're working within these confines and people are getting more creative. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, and, which do you think it is? Do you think it's more a function of what 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 the effect of the teams is, or did they do what we thought they did when we originally saw the casting, where they brought in a bunch of people who know this game and are maybe a little bit smarter as a whole and are thinking more strategically? Now, I think there's a few different things to break down in that question. One. From a creativity standpoint, I mean, we're seeing some of the best names we've seen in uh, like a decade. Oh, season. yeah. The Royal Flush, great name. We've been over the cookout. Uh, the Mafia and the Slaughterhouse, uh, not as good. Brutal. But to, <laughs> to be fair, the the alliances that are the best ones have the best names. Yes. So, you know, we are not. We don't need to deal with the Mafia and, and the Slaughterhouse going forward. I would maybe even fight against your idea, though, that the alliance formation is getting more creative in any way because i actually think they're kind of trying to bull rush through the limitations 
that teams provide and they're trying to make the alliances that they would make on any other season but then they're all realizing oh shit this person on my team who i don't have protected under another alliance is now a target but i don't want them to go because they're on my team it's adding more politics to everything yeah so yeah i th- i think you're hitting on something good there i think what i've been enjoying is is exactly what you're saying. It's not exactly the formations of the alliances that's intriguing. It's watching how everyone's trying to pivot through each one of their entanglements, be it the team, be it the alliance, be it whatever, you know, whatever situation it is. And they're finding, trying to find the ways to, you know, have a win, win, win situation. And so many of them are doing it. Normally it's one, maybe two people who overextend themselves and are, you know, have their, their foot in every, every alliance in some way and then they end up getting exposed well everyone's doing that not everyone like three or four power players are doing that and the only one who really got in trouble for it was frenchy because he was such a loudmouth about it Mm -hmm. so i wonder if that's gonna all of a sudden lead to certain players becoming more of a threat later on now that'll be interesting name some more names as to who you think is derek x uh derek x is one xavier xavier's another one um, I think before Derek F was doing a little bit of this, um, Tiffany is definitely doing this. Derek F, uh, he was on track to be doing it, but then he aligned himself too much with Frenchie and that kind of blew him up a little bit. Yeah. And can we talk about how, well, may, this is, this is just an interesting concept to me and it might be better to talk about it later, but do you feel like some of the teams are more interested in the idea of them being a team and that being like a legitimate alliance and others. And I say that because I think that the jokers have like that, like, Hey, we're like the lovable losers team mentality. Mm-hmm. And they like stick together for that reason. Whereas the other teams, I guess are doing it because it's convenient. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe all these, now, all these groups are really tight, but that, they just a, seem more pathetic doing it. I always thought the least tight one as exemplified by this week was the aces because they never had any strong opinions on anything. None of them would ever volunteer for the wild card comp. Um, they all hate Brent, uh, as we just saw. Uh, and it like while it seems like Derek X and Hannah and Whitney like get along, they just don't strike me as well. Really, none of them are that like personality that's going to lead the team. Technically, Brent would have gone under that category. Only they hated him. Um, yeah, and it's falling to Derek X by competence, I would say. Yeah, whereas you look at the Queens, Tiffany is kind of the leader there. The Kings, they all, they're kind of, unfortunately, the Kings is kind of like textbook pretty people and they all get along and they're oh, doing yeah. really well doing it. Um, and what's the what's the other team? The Jokers, they, they are taking the lovable losers approach. I think they all really like each other personally. But, I mean, none of them are going to win anything. So, I agree with that. But I think that part of the reason that they're the lovable losers is because Brittany the most, and then maybe Aza as well, at the beginning of this game, were not smart enough to see that they needed to be making alliances outside of their team. Derek understood that. He's kind of right now. He's in a weird spot because he was so intrinsically aligned with Frenchie. Mm-hmm. So him being gone is weird. I, so I get that. But those two, they're they're floating on by. 
Uh, and I don't think they got the memo that there's a game to be played outside of these team competitions. And I think that's why, in my mind, they're such a pathetic team. <laughs> yeah. I I really wish we got a peek more into what Britney's social game actually looks like. I know. Because she more strikes me as she kind of thought if if she was loud and friendly with everyone, they'd like her. And it, it seems like she's generally well-liked in the house. Um, yes. But I think she thought that would translate to alliances eventually. And it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. Uh, it turns out if you want the alliances, you not only have to get along with the people, but you also probably have to be the one that is like, let's make this happen. Yeah, the idea of laying low is a very valid Big Brother strategy, but laying low on its own doesn't isn't what results in success. It's laying low while having a few connections that you maintain throughout the game. Yes. So, you know, if you're if you're in a, a group of two or three that you're is pretty strong from the beginning, but you're not winning a bunch of comps, you know, but you play a good social game, well, then that's like a really good formula. It seems. Yeah. I don't know if Brittany got that unfortunately um and then with aza obviously we know she's in the cookout her main issue is that she's running into like kind of the personal dilemma of i'm not willing to look someone in the eyes and tell them something is true when i know it's not pretty much which is just like a classic big brother trope yeah people who don't understand it's a game i mean she's a sweetheart uh i'm actually a big fan of aza but uh I, I totally agree with you, and I also can't help but feel that her game is being held back by Brittany, and she is so um, just tied to her now that she kind of can't back out because it goes against her character as being a nice person, mm-hmm. but I really think it's bringing her down. Not in the sense of like, oh, people are holding it against her or something like that, but I think it's holding back what she could be doing for her own game strategically. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, that was a little bit of a tangent, but I think that's, like, good game conversation. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Xavier has his HOH, and it's becoming pretty clear that Brent's the house target. Now, I know I haven't been, and I don't think you've been either. We really have not been watching the feeds at all this season, not even the updates, which I kind of like, again. It's, like, kind of refreshing just to, like, I'll deal with the edit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, whatever it is, we all – I think you made this point recently. It's, like, we all end up in the same spot on finale night. Yes. Right? It's like, I'm not like I missed some key thing necessarily. There are times this season where it's like, man, I do wish I had a little more of the backstory. But I, I let myself think during COVID last year that like I would have time in the future to just like obsess over the live feed Twitters. Um, and I don't. So <laughs> uh, it's, it's not out of lack of interest. It's more just lack of time. Oh, yeah, completely. But what that leads to is, you know, up until this week, Brent had been getting a pretty decent edit. Yeah, for sure. So I was like, oh, you know, I, I thought I thought he was going to be exactly what he turned out to be, but I guess I was wrong. And, and then it turns out he's been a pain in everyone's ass. Uh, so I, I was a little bit surprised by that. I don't yeah, know. I, I, I somewhat agree because we were predicting early on, put it in reverse, Terry, um, <laughs> that Brent was going to be like the likable douchebag because I don't know. I find most of the time, maybe, maybe I'm completely wrong that you get these shows and the person who seems to fit like the douchebag trope, it's like, oh, they're, they're actually a little better. Their, their heart's in the right place. Like 
you you can see those elements within them and you acknowledge yeah. their douchiness but it's like it almost becomes charming once you figure out that they're like a solid person uh, that's why brennan loves uh brett so much yeah um and we all kind of came around yeah. to brett that season um but with brent i mean it turns out he was just going around the house the entire time being like the biggest egotistical prick you can be and not even realizing that he was rubbing anyone the wrong way and just like basically writing it off to be in jersey yeah jersey but not jersey it being an east coaster i guess which is he not from jersey i don't think so um i thought we went over this is he a rhode island guy i think so and then we we had a whole discussion on how close is rhode island to jersey and it was like oh, actually yep. not okay. that close yeah, it's all coming back <laughs> <laughs> um but I, I don't I don't know how much I buy into this because like where we're at, we're kind of married into the East Coast despite not being literally on the East Coast. Yeah, I mean we're we're East Coast with some Midwestern affectations. Yes, for sure. And I think there's a definitive difference between being a slightly more brash East Coaster and also just being like a, a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> and I I think Brent fits the latter more. Yeah. Uh, I took note of some things because it was around this time in the episode where we got the Brent talking about how like he just he couldn't be friends with the girl he finds sexy. I was just about to say <laughs> that. Um, he's essentially like the Russell Brand character from uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh my god, completely. <laughs> um, I believe that I should have sex with uh, whoever I like, whenever I like. You really believe that? Yeah, I really do. <laughs> <laughs> and he also thinks that. Uh, the girls reciprocate this feeling about him as we saw in the previous week uh he was into hannah because you know she was mysterious um <laughs> and he did see how big those jeans were <laughs> he did the like most the cringiest thing any guy can ever do when he was talking to Alyssa, being like oh well i heard like i heard you say the other day that you wanted to date me or or something like that, and you she said was that just to like, Alyssa. Yeah, and she was just like, "I don't, I don't know where you heard that from." And he was like, "Oh, I, I heard it the other day, and you, uh, you were directioned away from me, so I didn't hear it." Like, you don't have to be shy about it or anything. And she was just like, "What, dude? That did not happen." What is <laughs> it? What is it about Alyssa that the, all these guys have just decided that like she's theirs? <laughs> well. Terrence, I uh, regret to inform you about the treatment of women in America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. That's a good point. <laughs> um, but uh, there are a few other notes I took about this time period. One, we got a glimpse into Xavier's full head shave, which I thought was oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, I just uh, I found it jarring seeing like all the shaving cream on him as he was going through it. And it's like, yeah, it makes sense, but I just wasn't thinking this. Believe it or not, that wasn't in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, uh, I took notes on the fact that Brent reads a lot of documents and books because <laughs> uh, the whole men and women friendship thing, it's in a lot of documents what, and books. What, it's studied. Was it Tucker Max? Is that the guy's name? Uh that's like it's before your time is he, was he like some the, like pickup artist or something not not quite pickup artist but he was like uh this like douchebag uh frat guy who became really popular online like wrote, wrote books about all his crazy stories picking up chicks and stuff like that <laughs> i i bet i think that's what his name was yeah no he's been replaced by uh jordan peterson oh god yeah. <laughs> um, 
Isn't that guy like the 14 laws of power or something yeah, like that? It's yeah, it's like, it's actually been statistically proven that men and women cannot be friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what's interesting here is not only are we seeing for the first time, you know, everyone's opinion on him, it was widespread. Similar to almost like last week when they showed the the clip of everyone in order going to Kyland and saying, we want Frenchie out. Mm-hmm. It was like the exact same thing for Brent. And we didn't realize this at the time. But how about Derek X and Hannah throwing the HOH comp to guarantee that he, you know, he wouldn't be be safe that way? Yeah, I know. Isn't um, that crazy? And I was actually thrown off to find that out because uh, Hannah looked like she was like celebrating when she gave her answer. I missed and that. I was like, what is happening here? Did she think she put false? And then I guess they had this deal happen. Um, good for them. I don't know why she was acting like that. Yeah. But, um, so I that that's really interesting to me because one, we just didn't know about it before, but two, uh, you know. Derek X and I guess Hannah now are really thinking at like a higher level here. I am a little worried that they're going to get, they're going to be the ones that get caught up in their tangled web a Mm -hmm. little bit too much. Derek specifically. um, And I don't really mind that it's out of order. Like later in the week, they get caught talking about Brent. Yeah. It's like, what, what do you people do? And they make, they make young people mistakes. Big time young people mistakes. And there's there's one advantage to these teams. The advantage to the team is that you can be seen with up to three other people whispering, and it's not weird. Right? I agree. So, I agree. So they've had that working in their favor. But other than that, like it, they've been a little bit too careless with, with some of their interactions. Yeah. And add the love and showman's element that we're gonna get to later. Oh, and can't wait. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a whole thing. Whoa. Um, all right. So let's talk about the wildcard comp. Uh now we're getting more into some Derek X strategy, right? So the whole the whole idea here is if Brent's a target and he is on Derek X's team, um, Derek X or whoever is competing for the Queens? Uh, Derek X is the Aces. Aces. The Aces uh, can't win. Otherwise, otherwise Brent's safe. Uh, but also, if Brittany wins... Uh, that's a problem because Brittany would be the ideal pawn against Brent. Brent. Uh, so that means that <laughs> whoever gets chosen from the Queens needs to win um, so that the Kings, the Aces aren't safe and Brittany is still an option. So they quickly realize this. Uh, Tiffany ends up being the choice for the Queens. Yeah. And, um, her and Derek decide to work together to make sure he doesn't win and make sure Brittany doesn't win. So what do you think about this competition? Okay. Um, one, just from the competition itself, the balance beam seemed way more difficult than it had any right to be. Kind of a cool balance beam, but yeah, it looked really yeah, hard. I, I feel like I would have really struggled with that. Me too. But um, I hated that Derek X and Tiffany did not try and hide at all that they were going after Brittany. Yes, I agree with that, but I don't think this lasted more than 10 minutes. Like, what What do you have? How much time do you have to play with for appearances? You um, know what I mean? Because you have no idea what cards are coming from Brittany's deck. And if, like, Derek can't be putting them in, t- in Tiffany's because 
then very easily Brittany can shift the balance of everything and Tiffany's out. So like, I get that and I, in an ideal world where, with a competition where they could drag things out more, like endurance or something like that. Yeah, you don't want to be so obvious, but I mean, what else could they have done really? That now one thing I've noticed this season in general is that people are taking the approach of like why do the coy thing and risk not getting the result when you can just do it directly and people have been pretty direct. I would um, I would argue that's overall a good choice. It probably is. I just think there there is an added like Britney tax that if like mm. you're going to team up against Britney, you know what you're in for. She's gonna have her breakdowns and then Oz is familiar. Yes. With the Britney tax. <laughs> um and she she's she's like way behind on her payments. Like she's got the IRS the IRS after her because she needs to pay so many Britney taxes and it's running her game. And she's talking to Brent so much because she needs an accountant. Oh my god. <laughs> um but uh it it also just kind of made me feel bad just from the standpoint of like Brittany is clearly like she's the perpetual pawn this season. Oh yeah. And they teamed up on her and she's also the most sensitive. So it, it's just a lot of things all yeah. adding up at once. So I felt bad to see them team up. It also isn't the best for appearances in that like they showed Derek F watching it as everyone else was watching in the house. And he yells out like, Oh, I see what you're doing. Like, it's not like this is something they're getting away with. I do like that. I don't remember them being able to watch this many competitions. I know there would be ones where it's like, oh, it's in the backyard. We're watching from the HOH room. But that's more like a once or twice a season thing. This is almost every comp or at least a wild card comp. So I think that's cool. And, you know, it it ends up working, right? Um, Brittany had her chance to take out Derek We need to talk about that moment first. Oh, my God. So I think that is – I think that takes the throne now. I think that's over – the Caitlin Herman meltdown, uh, putting the puzzle together. Um, it's not over that because it didn't have the same stakes. Okay. In fact, this is impromptu uh, between a rock star and a hard place. Oh yes, return of a classic segment. Um, technically, I don't think it rivals. It doesn't rival Caitlin's puzzle, and it doesn't rival any of the rock star moments either. I don't. Oh, only because of stakes. Because she needed to just. Add one. The, the biggest thing. <laughs> Remove three, add four, done. Now, the biggest thing here is that uh, as as two Golden Griffins, this is this is a point for our alumni. Oh, can you? that's your valedictorian. Yeah, I know. For Ooh. Niagara. Are you kidding me? That's not great. <laughs> it's not a good look when she's looking at Grandpa's the cards. Grandpa's rolling in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> she's looking at the cards, and I swear she was listing numbers in her in her edition that weren't there oh yeah she was having a bit of a meltdown yeah which is you know it's tough to watch happen because you know in the heat of it like sure that could happen i suppose but you'd like to think that just i you could genuinely get there. <laughs> like unfortunately some people just don't have it and britney britney just doesn't have it you're talking uh, about big, when it, are you talking about arithmetic or or Big Brother? Big Brother handling the pressure of anything. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, um, she doesn't because it it would be pretty easy to one come to the conclusion that the number she was trying to add up to was twelve, and two come to the conclusion of I have a card that is exactly one above the value of one of those other cards. 
So if I switch these, that will be 13. <laughs> yeah. like, so two conclusions need to be reached. Yes. And <laughs> they're pretty like grade school conclusions here. Yeah, 13 like you get to number 13 like what? Second week of kindergarten? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, <laughs> like your second unit of numbers. <laughs> we find out Niagara has revoked the Niagara Award from her for uh, not representing the school well. <laughs> this, this, yeah, center referral to NCCC. Uh, that's bad. Uh, no, but uh, th- that was rough. Now, maybe, it was, maybe you know, in the heat of the moment, people were having a more difficult time than we would think because I could be wrong here. I think I saw Tiffany screw one up later where she had it and she. Yes. No, I, I actually definitely did. And I, I was kind of thinking like, we're not giving fair edits here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, if Derek X was also messing stuff up, we just didn't see it. Like maybe, maybe 13 is just like, I mean, it is an unlucky number. I actually, what there's a later competition that we can say this for as well. A good rule of thumb for Big Brother competitions is, like, go slower than you think you need to. Because, like, getting Unless it right is typically H-O-H. better. <laughs> yes, yes. But getting it right is typically the better thing to do than doing it fast. Oh, I totally agree. Oh, man. It's it's an all-timer. I'm, I'm thrilled about it. Yeah. and I, so, I think it's worse than... I think it's a bigger brain meltdown than... Caitlin, I'm not sure it's a bigger meltdown than Rockstar. We have to remember Rockstar was one of like one of the all time bad Big Brother moments ever. <laughs> um, we have to put was ourselves it? in those shoes on her daughter's birthday. <laughs> um, but that brings us into the fact that Tiffany won the wild card competition. Yeah. And really tough decision. She gets safety. But also one person from each team gets safety. In which case it would be Brent who gets safety, most likely. Most likely. Yeah. Um so it, I want to talk about this. Yes. It, go go for it. Go for it. Um the the choice is not difficult because she doesn't feel safe. She does not need safety. So that is so in her head, she's like, okay, I don't need this. That if that's the only data point, I don't need it. But then the even though strategically with what their objectives were to get Brent out of the house, her choice is obvious and she makes the right choice to not take the safety. Um, I'm shocked that it does not seem like anyone is like comparing notes to saying, why did she feel so comfortable? But I, is it just I because it was, it was that unanimous that Brent was the house target and it was like, oh, they're doing the will of the house, which is, you know, we talk about the first month and a half of every season. That's what everything is. Does that over, does that weigh more than, hmm, who is she aligned with that she would feel this comfortable? I, I was thinking the same thing, especially from the standpoint of like, I guess it's it is just a question of who is she aligned with, but I was more thinking like why would this even really be a question for her? I feel like if you're not close with Tiffany, that would be your number one question because it's like who cares if other people get safety? This is an individual game. Yeah. So like what pots of honey does she have her hands in here? Well, so let's think about it. Um what is kind of perfect about it is that Xavier is the HOH. 
and she's in two alliances with him. So she's in the that's that's he's in the Kings and Queens, right? Yes. So she's in the Kings and Queens with him. That is seven other people who are not questioning why she's making this choice. Then she's also in um the cookout, which we come to find out is not counting Xavier, four other people who are not questioning why she's doing it. Mm-hmm. So if you have what is it? The only people who are questioning why she's doing it are like Brittany, um Brent. Brent and Whitney. Whitney. So what what's yeah, the risk? I mean, I, yes, you're right. You're right. But um good on her for I mean, seemingly be be able to do that like calculation in the moment because that's a, I, well, that's a lot more was. difficult than adding to thirteen. Oh, totally. Because that just took us a minute. I, I did not think that out before. This is just like thinking about it. Like, yeah. Now, what's interesting there is even the people within those alliances can start asking questions. So no one in the in the kings and queens is asking questions, but the cookout is. Derek is a little suspicious. It seems. Oh, you know, it's. I see what they're doing, right? But Aza is very suspicious, and this is something I wanted to hit on next because she then went to to Xavier and you know was defending Brittany and saying, you know, don't put her up, put, put me up instead. I don't want to see her go up; she doesn't deserve it. You know, yada yada yada. He won't do it because she's a member of the cookout, understandably. Um, but the thing that I thought was the the tough push and pull about Aza is that she picked up on something smart she said okay why is no one else asking why tiffany and derek teamed up together that means i'm missing something yes most people don't realize that so someone like someone like um uh, well britney's a perfect example but it affected britney so of course she's wondering people will sit around oblivious all summer and be like oh this happened Uh, i don't know why like whatever yeah but there's a reason right so she's smart enough to realize okay there's a reason i i gotta figure this out um Things are very rarely coincidental in Big Brother. Correct. So the push and pull with her is smart enough to realize that and maybe try and do something about it, but also emotional enough of a player where she would potentially throw her whole game away for Brittany. Yes. Now, I actually thought Xavier technically should have been all for this idea, just in that. Explain. I I disagree. The reason I think this is because it was such a certainty of all of this. They could have like had a cookout meeting on it and everything. Mm. And it's like, look, we can avoid uh, rubbing Britney the wrong way and the theatrics that come with it. And also, we know Azza is going to be good. Um, There's also one more point that's just occurring to me. But what's that? It might be the same point. It's that probably I the same point. It... it, it it draws a line in the sand that makes them not aligned. True. The, that that was actually not the point I was going to go off of. But um, how much more is left in this episode? Uh, basically just jumping on the the fact that the noms were Brittany and Brent. And the reasoning being that Xavier was going to try and convince Brent that Brittany was the bigger threat. Like that, yeah. that was never going to happen. But maybe someone like Aza, kind of a wild card, it's like he could have sold that more as like, oh, I think Aza could be a really strong competitor. She's he, equally intriguing. He could have yeah. played the the gender card of like the girls keep getting all these guys out. Those are good those are good points. I like that actually. Um 
Yeah, no, okay, so I see that. And especially because she brought it to him, it wouldn't have been an issue. Yeah. I think he was very caught up in the optics of what it would mean to be putting up a member of the cookout. Um, and, you know, he's like, I, I frankly, he didn't want to send another another black person home, right? Yes. Which is, uh, I think, the right choice. Um, but game-wise, maybe you're right. There, there, there was definitely some reason to think about it, I suppose. I'm Not also, to send her home, but to put her up as a pawn. I'm also a believer in, like, look, in order for a team to work out, people have to make some sacrifices. And using a smart pawn is, is something that it works out more often than it does it. Like, well, it's ingrained into our mind that pawns go home. True. But when was the last time a shocking pawn went home? It's been a long ass yeah, time. I think you're right. But okay, let me play devil's advocate here. Uh, I, I like your point that about making sacrifices. That's very true. If Oz is going to make one completely unsolicited, you know, that's, that's a nice little thing to bank and be like, okay, we'll take this one. We'll, yeah. we'll cash this. Um, so that's a thought, but no one so far, this is not a season where they're interested in back doors, which is somewhat refreshing. Cause almost, I feel like every season in recent memory has been predicated on back doors. Um, what happens if Brent takes himself off the block? So, because there's not an obvious other target. I thought it was Whitney. Whitney was always going to be the other target. Okay. Yeah, and that's fair. I, I just don't know if the house has polarizing opinions on her. Because at that point, do you say, okay, who or do we send someone home that we don't like as much? Let's say it's Brit- Whitney, which I don't even get the impression that people don't like her. It seems like people like her, but also that they would have no qualms with sending her home. True. Okay. But in that, but if you have two people who are, are equally kind of like unproven, people don't have super strong opinions does Azza go home? That's that's why I think ultimately it is the right move. Uh here here is the the case for Azza is on one, she has allies in the cookout, two, she has enough uh her allies are allied with enough other people to impact things. That's and Whitney, fair because Xavier, Xavier was have, in charge basically. Yeah, Whitney just wouldn't have had that reach. That's fair. Okay. Well, I, I like that thought exercise, though, because that's like, I mean, that's really, I think that's kind of a, a, a really interesting line in the sand and kind of speaks how that, that cookout might function going forward. All right. So, you know, we don't need to belabor this. Xavier puts out Brittany and Brent, which, you know, we, we've, been, we've been alluding to. So Wednesday's episode, uh, Brittany freaks out to no one's surprise. Yeah, no, it was predictable given how it went last week. She freaks out this week. I I did think it was an interesting move. I don't know if he talked to her at all beforehand. Doesn't that, seem like he did. Didn't give the same, you know, uh, benefit of the doubt or not, not benefit of the doubt. Didn't give that same courtesy to um that she that he did to uh, Brent. Yeah. Of uh, what I'm alluding to is Xavier talking to Brittany because he like went at her in the speech. Um, but wasn't not- that a cover? Wasn't that to support what he's trying to sell to Brent? It absolutely was. But again, what I'm talking about with like kind of like the Britney tax of like, why, why are you doing this to Britney? Like you you could yeah. have just done this with someone that like you knew was on the same page as you. Yeah, she can't she she can't emotionally take this really. So, yes. no, I see what you're saying. Um, But, you know, he he 
assures her that she's not the target. Um, you know, sort of going against that sort of fake speech, let's say. But I think the funnier reaction here is Brent, who's is too good to be a pawn. Uh, I mean, look at his arms. I mean, <laughs> so what's funny about it is, uh, he is getting at something that's true. Like he he does not fit the pawn stereotype in a way. Like even his position in the game does not make sense for him to be a pawn. So I'm not even talking about oh because he's he's an athlete or or strong male whatever. I'm not saying that necessarily. What I'm saying is that nothing about his facts and circumstances in the game really made it obvious that he should be upon so i agree i mean yeah there there are a lot of documents and books written on this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that he's uh, like uh he's referencing old episodes of podcast Savito. yeah it, he's also referencing just like alpha male youtube has told him that uh he could never be upon. yeah <laughs> but this also alludes to what i was saying with like why aza may have been a better choice of like if we're being real there was no convincing the stereotypical jock type dude that he was a pawn against Brittany. That's what I mean. That's what I mean by like the facts and circumstances of everything. It yes, just didn't exactly. make sense. Like he was technically on the right side by saying this. We just know that he's being way more of a douche by saying it. Yeah. But, and, and what I think what's funny about it is he is saying it less. So I think because of the rational reasons we're saying and more so just based on his ego. And that's why I think it's funny. He's, He's saying things out loud that people don't say, even if they think them. Yes. You know, and it's all coming from ego, which I it's just hilarious. And that that ruled his entire week. You know, one of the big uh, hesitations that Xavier had with putting him up was, well, you know, what if he freaks out? He didn't freak out because his ego is that crazy. Yeah. He's just like, oh, yeah, cool as a cucumber. I'm good. Cool as a cucumber. He let Xavier know that uh, he's not dumb. He's intelligent. And uh, important distinction. Maybe should be an accountant. That that was that <laughs> moment. <laughs> oh man. Um. So we talked about this a little bit. Um. Aza tries to start figuring out why Tiffany and Derek X, um, teamed up on on Brittany, doing her little detective work. I liked her direct going at these people. Yeah, I thought this was a good good interaction actually with Tiffany. Um. And Tiffany was pretty straight up, and she was just like. Well, you know, Brent was a target this week, and we all knew that. And and that gets to exactly why I don't think her choosing to forego safety was as big of a deal as it could have been. Because clearly there was a house objective. Get Brent out. The only way to guarantee that was to, you know, pull this. Yes. I think that was good. And But, but, but what stinks about it is now there's a bit of a rift in the cookout. And while we... Specifically, me, I mentioned that I love the concept of the cookout from the perspective of let's be in an alliance, but we're not attached to the hip. This is not obvious. We we play our game. We run in our distinct circles. Then we come back at the end of the day, compare notes, and that's our alliance, right? Yes. There are limitations to that when everyone is in very distinctly different spots in the game. So they can form completely different opinions and end up clashing, even though they're in this big alliance. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. And while I love Tiffany, I, I'm not going to say she plays too emotional, but she's a little bit too involved in everything. And 
and she might be an issue with this long term. I agree that she's too involved with everything, uh, but I do think it's actually the opposite of emotion because unfortunately the thing that Aza guaranteed in this rift with Tiffany that's forming is, I mean, Tiffany just gives all the signs of like, she's a killer. Uh, I'm kind of obsessed with her. I think she's great. I I, I think she's awesome. I think she's an amazing big brother player so far. Like so good for the show and the way she plays it. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I, I also, I have a history on this podcast of, of comparing big brother moments to like, the mob movie type things because it can all be very similar and this reminds me of like the type of mob movie scenario that you'll get where it's like the henchman that you know has a good heart and like the leaders (laughs) have to like take him out to pasture and like drive him out uh i mean spoilers for the ending of the godfather part two that's pretty much (laughs) something that happens I didn't hear anything you just said. You're never gonna watch it. If you no, haven't, I, I if am you gonna haven't watch seen it. The Godfather movies at this point. I, I will. Um, but like you know, Yo, bro, I'm just working all the time. So <laughs> sometimes the the people that are emotional and they just have too big of a heart, they're bad for the business, and that's that's kind of how Tiffany handles it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of Hirsch, but um. I just do slightly worry, and, and this is not even the best example of it. I do slightly worry because she's very um, vocal. That's probably the best way. Mm. She's vocal in a lot of situations. Now, she clearly warrants respect, and people are listening to her and not just like, you know, getting put off by it, it seems. But I, I just hope that doesn't wear thin. I'm going to tease it for later. I have, I have a big take on Ooh. Tiffany's position within the game, but I'm going to save it for a later segment i love it okay great um so you know the only other little note i have here it's not even important but i think xavier was, shaved his head again it has to be <laughs> xavier. xavier um he, he was crying about britney i was like xavier i'm loving this hoh you're killing it very practical really smart decisions maybe a, a hiccup here or there but what are you crying about, buddy? I mean, now, it's a game. Like, someone had to get nominated. I'm sorry, it's Brittany who can't handle it. Very well may have been the context, but I have added emotional depth to add along the lines here. Oh, this is exciting. Um, it's it's actually very sad. Um, oh, no. So, oh, no. It, uh, if you don't want to be saddened, skip ahead. But I found this, I think it was like day four within the house, a live feed note. Okay. Brittany was talking in the house about uh, she had the situation of I I think she had a sibling in the womb that died. Um, oh God! So I she had that, that scenario, and she was talking about this openly. And then Xavier went off and like broke down crying because his brother died in April. Oh. So he has this like added emotional stuff here. I don't know if he related with Brittany at all on something Interesting. like that. Okay. Um. It's all, this is all conjecture on my part, but. That could provide some context for sure. Yes. Not, not complete. Oh, Xavier can't handle the heat. Yeah. He's not like Kyland. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have our Kyland debate (laughs) at some point. I don't, I don't know where it fits into this episode, but. Oh man. What a lame HOH that was. If I, if if I was here. Yeah. And then I brought, I picked up Sarah Beth, who I think might be a low key sleeper. Uh, I actually think she might be like really good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
But um, uh, what bad is there to say about his HOH? Get into it right now. Just in the middle of this. Um, I really hated his whole thing. Like, well, the rights I have is HOH. I can. I don't have to tell you anything. And like, you know, learn how to socialize, buddy. Like, like you don't need to actually say anything. But like, how off-putting can you possibly be? Uh, I don't like that he's like hugging everyone all the time. Um, <laughs> I think that's weird as hell. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I just didn't like it. He 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 did what he needed to do. I'm not going to begrudge him that. Like he he was fine. Um, but I cannot think of an HOH early in the season where someone made less impact on their long term game. I completely disagree. He didn't make one alliance. He's like, oh yeah, yes he did. No, he's like, no, he's responsible for the royal flush. He's the one that got them together. Well, sorta. No, but he did. He started off like, oh, I want safety next week. It's like, okay, well, no, well, okay buddy. Was, sure, we all do. He was checking in with the teams that he kept safe and was like doing exactly what we would want to see any other HOH do and try and make those deals going forward of like, I, I hope my kindness is reciprocated in some way. And then as a result, uh, as me and Brendan went over last week, the Kings were immediately into it like oh yeah absolutely like you're our guy and then that clearly turned into like team meetings and stuff well he may have done that but then he immediately cried right after (laughs) oh wait no that was every other thing he did all week um look i admitted it episode two when we first got a look at uh at the people within the house beyond the uh beyond the intros i admitted that kylan kind of a dweeb he's hiding something He's not hiding something. He seems like a really, like, he just seems like a dry, nice guy. He, he is he doesn't very even, dry. He doesn't even come off as, like, the, like, preacher with the guitar type that is, like, hiding something. Fair, fair. Um, <laughs> What was the comparison Brendan made on an earlier pod about, like, hitting a family of small <laughs> children with his car? Or something like that? I have no it was, idea. It wasn't in relation to Kylan. It was in relation to someone else, but... um. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that Kylan has that type of like that dark past that he has like a guilt complex that turns into him being like guy smiley. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? Okay, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I will make snide comments about Kylan for the rest of the season. Yeah, and until he turns me, uh, you know, turns me around on him. We'll we'll never forget your number one pick. We'll never. Yeah, forget. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Took a Mecca, Mecca Okafor and Karan Butler. They're not bad. <laughs> um, okay, I, I had I had to mention that. Um, if what did you guys what did you guys give him as a grade last week? You were probably like, oh a plus plus, no big deal. I gave him an A. I think Brendan gave him an A too. Ugh, no. was like a no. It was like a B minus. No, I. You're just so wrong. It, it, a one, he was straightforward in everything he did, and two, you're just you're seeing with your own tinted glasses here that that he didn't make moves to further himself in the game and he did nothing but that even even his meeting with the aces was so enlightening in that they weren't willing to say anything in terms of like oh yeah you're good with us so that's alarm bells going off specifically when it came to like Brent and Whitney who everyone wanted to go after and then he even got that moment afterwards with Derek X being like, 
yo, like, I don't know what just happened there, but, like, you're totally good with me. Um, And that's, like, good information that he wouldn't have gotten if he wasn't savvy about it. So are you basically comparing me to Brent in that I have my ideas and I am just so stuck in them and I can't say anything else? Right now, it's if the shoe fits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. At least I'm self-aware enough. But, okay, let's go to... um. The POV comp. Um, so let me let me pull up my uh, my participants here because that's always a, an important thing. I got them right away. Oh, heck I yeah. got Big D, Whitney, Christian, and then they draw each other's Xavier. Noms are Brent and Brittany. There you go. So classic comp, uh, be- the ballerina and bowling. Uh, I liked the little uh, obstacle of the the couches. Yes, that was very fun. Uh, just a classic one. I, I, I'm not someone who gets that out of sorts when I spin. I, how do you, I think this is one where it's like, oh, I could probably do decent at that. I think so too. Uh, especially, I think we would be solid at the aim of yes. the bowling. Cause you have 15 seconds and you can get off four good shots. I'd say yes. at least. Um, and on top of that, I thought some of the worst spinners we've ever seen this year. Oh, there were some rough ones. Uh, obviously Brent, I mean, I mean, he was acting like he had one of the worst concussions you've ever seen. Yeah, um, he. I almost wonder if like something was wrong. Yeah, I know. Um, like he just so happened to be like having a sinus issue at the exact <laughs> same time as this competition. <laughs> um, Michael Williams been off all day. <laughs> I've read articles and stuff about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> no one was doing the like conventional spinning knowledge of like. Do whatever you can to focus on one spot. Yes, I noticed that. Um, but for some people, it just didn't seem to hurt. Like it didn't seem to hurt Christian at all. Uh, it didn't really seem to hurt Xavier at all. Yeah. Um, Brittany, man, like uh, she it, she was doing well at the spinning. Yes, and she was so far ahead of Brent. It looked like the entire time. Just mm-hmm. hit the numbers, please. I know. Yeah, unfortunately, I did. You know, just coming up short there. Look, the 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 borderline hometown kids we've gotten are Brittany and Mark. This is not a well, good Mar- look Mark for, had a for chance. the Western New York area. Mark had a chance. Yeah, and then he came off like a total clown. Yeah. You know, I, I'm really ashamed to admit that I watched this whole video that he did after him and Elaine broke up <laughs> where he's just like sitting in his apartment. He's got he's got the camera down on the ground, like up at him. He's like sitting at his computer chair and the light the lights are pretty dim. He's got like the curtains closed in the middle of the day. He's just like talking about how, yeah, it just didn't work out and you know, like he was like he was giving all these like stories about like how it went wrong and stuff like that. And I I watched it, it was like thirty eight minutes. I wow. really um, I'm not proud of myself. I uh, I, I saw <laughs> him and Elena in public once. Uh, I've seen him in public multiple times, but I've not seen her. Um, it, obviously, I saw them while they were still dating, and That's they exciting. were they were in town. Um, did they ask for your autograph as the preeminent Big Brother podcaster? Uh, no. Unfortunately, I was working. Otherwise, like I would have tried to meet them. Like, why not? Yeah, but well, um, was it a show? Uh. It was a hockey game. There you go. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so the veto. Uh, Brent, he didn't need to win because he had the numbers. But he wanted to rub it in Xavier's face. (laughs) 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 
Um, That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he did not do well. I think he lost to Xavier in it. Um, Derek F. Horrible performance. Yeah, that was <laughs> rough. I, I, I'm waiting for him to pull out the Fraser jeans. Has it happened yet? Yeah, no, this was... Oh, we don't know how good the Frasers were at spinning. Uh, it turns point. out pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be spinning in the ring, so good point. Um, Whitney was bad. Uh, and then Christian, unfortunately... Was really good. For as annoying as Christian is, and he's bordering more on, like, the... He's at least a semi-likable douche, but also, like, he's unlikable for reasons... I think he's more unlikable for his like obsession with himself. I think he's just a tool. Yeah. I, I think he's no, um, no personality. Yeah. Unfortunately, he seems to just be a total stud athlete, Um, especially compared to the rest uh. of the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we don't, we don't have a bunch of stud athletes in this cast. Yeah. Um, Xavier is obviously athletic. Yes. And we know he has an athletic back- background, but um, he, Christian has the speed. That's what he says. That's important. Yeah. So he wins. He won. Um and then I don't think I'm missing anything. I can I can take us through the end of Wednesday's episode well, here. When it when it comes to like he gets the veto and Brent then is just like basically going around the house. Yes. Can you explain this? Because I it's so stupid I can't even really explain what happened. So I also kind of struggled. It it was a moment of when I first watched it, I was thinking like, what is going on? Do I need to rewind? And then by the end of the moment, I I thought I had it. He basically went around to various people, especially like there was Kylan, Derek X, his team, the aces, all these people that he thinks are in his corner because he's somehow the only person in the house that still thinks the slaughterhouse exists. I, I'm not sure if slaughterhouse meetings are happening. Well, okay, so I spent the whole first part of the week thinking, wow, he really thinks slaughterhouse still exists. But I think it was actually the mafia that he was thinking about. And oh, we, true. we didn't find okay, out about true, that till Thursday. Um But regardless, he is getting a little paranoid because Britney is happy. So he's like, yo, I, I think the veto is going to get used. And I think he says this to Hannah. And she's just like, oh, I, I don't know what makes you think that. And he was like, my gut. My gut's never wrong. Never wrong. <laughs> um, and then he devises this. I mean, frankly, it's a genius plan of go to. Uh, he wanted Kyland to go to Xavier. And he, he wanted. <laughs> I don't know what he wanted. He, the the ultimate conclusion was you need, to, you need to convince him to that by keeping <laughs> that keeping the noms the same. That's the result he wanted. Yeah. But what was the reasoning? Um. He, okay, so he thought Brittany was going to get taken off. Yes. And he he thought that he, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I, I think we should give up on this. Uh, long story short, he wanted the knobs to stay the same, which effectively is, effectively is saying don't use the veto to take me off the block. 
that's the idiocy of the whole thing. I can't I can't replicate his logic because it was not logic. It was insanity. Yes. Uh what I think is a fun point to talk about here. This is something I've been thinking about a lot the last few seasons. Basically since we've been doing the show. Maybe I never noticed it before. But I think what is so strange in the last however many years is like the meta quality of being a big brother player where all these people have seen all these seasons and they're obsessed with being a uh, a legend and making legendary moves. So it, the the, line, the first one for me that I thought of was back on the first Celebrity BB where they anointed Shannon Elizabeth the yeah Shannon yes, Elizabeth right yes. the best big brother player of all time middle of week 2. Yes. And so, like, like they're, they're very aware of the canon of Big Brother players and the history. And I, I, I can think of some of the last few seasons. I've been blanking on who in the last few seasons did it. But just in the last couple of weeks, Frenchie was like, oh, I'm going I'm to pull off the biggest game move. And, it, you know, it's going to be legendary. Whatever. They're going to be talking about this. And and then you got uh, Brent doing the same thing. Like, you know, everyone always says, well, if Dan could do it. I could do it. It's like, what are you talking about? That was literally the most improbable thing that's ever happened in this. And it's by one of the two to three best players of all time. He literally pulled off stuff that literally couldn't have been pulled off even by him if it weren't for his very unique circumstance he was in. Yes. And he got lucky in the fact that, I I mean... When you think of Dan's funeral, it's essentially a gamble on assuming that everyone is so out of their minds at this point in the game that they're just not even going to know he, what to he do. He preyed on what's her name so bad. Oh, what was her, what's her name? Uh, so the sweet Alabama girl. <laughs> why do I want to say it was Ashley? No, it's not Ashley. Um, oh, wait. Um, oh, my God. Is it I Heather? Can't. No. No, she has... <laughs> I can picture her. I just can't think of her name. No, I can I can completely picture her, and it's driving me nuts that I can't think of it well, right that now. Poor, but. That poor girl, he turned her mind into a pretzel. Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, talk about uh, like Aza struggling with the emotional parts of the game and maybe needing to lie. I mean, I, I actually don't think they made up after that. I think that no, they destroyed didn't. their friendship. They definitely. Danielle. 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 Yeah, that's who it was. Yes. Um, you know, they definitely didn't. She, um, I, I've like read like the oral history and all that. Like she yeah, didn't so want I, to participate. Like, um, whole thing. which I, I'm of the mind of eventually like let bygones be bygones, but it is a game. Yes. Like that is always a subtext of this whole thing. That being said, uh, we often go over it in terms of, um, in terms of what modern big brother is like. But um, everyone needs to be nice now, and that's just kind of a thing you have to acknowledge. But also, yes. there's a limit of it just being a game, because you kind of the the evil dick just like basically being a sociopath could just never work anymore. It's yeah, that, that's a bygone era. Um, yeah, it's a fine line to walk. You know, part of it is is playing that nice game. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that that that's uh that's it's interesting. But everyone thinks they're a future legend. Uh just wait waiting for their move. Another thing uh on that point though that I've always been fascinated by is 
I've always thought that that should be used as like kind of a bargaining tactic, as in you should try to sell to people that the thing that you want them to do is that person, uh, the person you're trying to sell it to, they'll be remembered for it. I think that has happened a little bit, but I think that's a great tactic. You find the right person who's egotistical. I mean, Brent is perfect. In fact, in fact, go back to Dan's funeral. Uh, right after the physical funeral, he goes up to the room with Frank and basically does. He pretty much sells him on that. Yeah, and, and sh- that's part of the, the Bible passage. Yeah, <laughs> I want to show you a passage. It's <laughs> 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 amazing. Uh, so long story short, Brent got his wish, and yep. the veto was not used by Christian. End of episode. Yep. All right, Thursday's episode. Um, this was a funny episode in the fact that. In the sense that uh, there was no intrigue, uh, we we knew who was going home, but we got some interesting, you know, look at the strategic stuff going on behind the scenes leading into this upcoming week. So, a couple things to touch on: the Mafia Alliance. We've talked about it a little bit here and there. That was essentially the joining of the Queens and the Aces, I think. Um. Yeah. More or less. Yes, um, yes, yes. You know, and this was sort of uh, Brent was the catalyst, I believe. So this is similar to uh, the French Kisses, a made-up alliance that everyone you know nodded and you know smiled. But but Brent believed it was true. But Brent believed it was true. Thing. Yeah. And also, I mean, I'm I'm just angered at the fact that like the stereotypical Italian guy wanted to name his alliance the Mafia. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and the stereotypical farmer named his the Slaughterhouse. <laughs> There's really so many similarities between them. Yeah, it makes sense that they got along yeah. so well. And, and I thought that, like, oh, Brent was just, like, the you know nice guy who kind of got roped into the, the Frenchy vortex somewhere to Derek F. Uh, but, no, I, I think there was some legitimate chemistry there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... Um, Mafia Alliance, what could have been? Uh, so we're going to get something that we, we touched on earlier. Bless you. Thank you. Derek X and Hannah got caught whispering. Oh my God. Brent. But you know, when you talk about Brent, he's really two entities. There's Brent and Brent's ego and Brent's ego makes sure that Brent can't do anything coherent. Now I'm rewatching 30 rock right now and I don't know how much you remember of that show bits and pieces but there was just an episode where uh tracy jordan adds kenneth to the like the group his entourage yes <laughs> and <With Grizz> and <laughs> yes and then <laughs> kenneth starts doing things such as not laughing at the jokes that he repeatedly makes and beating him at halo <laughs> and then it gets revealed that Grizzin.com have been letting Tracy just like win yes. at everything. Oh, I remember that episode. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like that's the relationship between Brent the man and Brent's ego. <laughs> <laughs> what a comparison. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes total sense. Because I I don't know how he could have not heard exactly. this. Exactly. Yeah. At least the way they edited it, yeah. Um well I mean, I suppose they could have been pulling some trickery on us, but he was pretty much right next to them when Hannah says the words like, well, after Brent's gone, there's no real main house targets. Yes. And then he comes up to them and is talking to them about stuff. And then Hannah can't keep a straight face. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, she's been getting. I feel like she's been getting a lot of credit from. I've seen some credit online, and like, um, people are like, "Oh, she's so savvy. She's gonna be really good. Watch out for her." I'm not sure she's that sophisticated of a game player just yet. I, I think I like Hannah. Um, I think so too, but I'm not sure. I think I like her, but I'm not conflating that with thinking that she's good at the game because we just haven't gotten evidence of that yet. I agree with that. Um, we know that she's Doogie Hauser, so there's at <laughs> least some sort of implication that she's smart. But homeschool vibes. I, I I mentioned this while watching it. Is it a little suspicious that who we're trying to be sold to is like a Doogie Hauser figure way ahead in school on track to be a doctor? It's a little suspicious that she decided, like, you know what, mid-schooling, I'm going on a reality TV show. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Just like um, the one that I always thought was really interesting was, um, oh, what the hell was her name? I, I don't remember her last name. This girl, Andy, was on one of The Bachelors. And she was like, I want to say she was either a DA or an assistant TA. She had like a pretty solid job. She was yes. like 29. Yes. And was, you know, making her way up. I remember her. I remember and her. It's like, oh, so here in the middle of this, just all of a sudden, a reality TV star. And then I think she became the Bachelorette. Yeah, she did later um, on. But same she, idea. Uh, I believe you're right. She was an assistant DA. Um, the same thing could technically be said for uh, Rachel Lindsay, who was on mm, yeah the Bachelor. Well, um, what was her career again? She was a lawyer. <laughs> I believe. So she is, was in is Xavier the next Rachel Lindsay? I mean, he might be. Uh, He's I, handsome. I don't know if uh, what's the name of their podcast with Van Higher Lincoln. Learning. Higher Learning. Maybe they need a third host. <laughs> Xavier, uh, <laughs> Xavier Jones. Um, and I, I think you can assume it with most of these people. Most of these people, I, I actually think there's a fair split in reality TV signups that are there's the obvious want to be the actor influencer type. And then there's the type of like, I am actively tired of my job and I've a, a few things have added up in my life that I'm really not happy with. So why don't I take the chance on something like this? Yeah. Um, that, that tends to be the result. And I don't know, maybe, maybe she'll go back to her doctor track here, but also maybe wouldn't be surprised if she never did. Who knows? Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, all right. So they don't get caught, but what they were talking about leads to the rest of the episode here, which is what's going to happen in this next week, because her point is a good one that there isn't an obvious target and they've been functioning under the mentality of like, okay, we have obvious targets that the house wants out, be it because they're annoying or a threat. Uh, and you know, it, that makes it very interesting with these constraints we talked about with the teams, with the overlapping alliances. So, I'm just going to throw out a bunch of stuff that they talked about, and then we can talk about the strategic landscape as a whole. Okay. So um, Whitney thinks that the Kings should be targeted because they have the most numbers left. Okay, so there, there's point one. Um, Alyssa wants to go after Whitney. So there's point two. Um, and the Kings want to target Hannah. Who's in the middle of all this? Derek X, who's being pulled in every which direction, and there are very few things that he can do to sort of satisfy all of his wants and needs in this case. Mm -hmm. So, I don't want to like get into each one of those points necessarily, but like maybe we should just talk about who we think 
we, we should almost do an impromptu Sunday scaries right now because like who should really be scared going into the week, irregardless of who wins HOH. I want to save like the legitimate Sunday scaries and have more of a broader discussion okay. on how people are thinking right now. One, again, teams coming into play. The Kings are the strongest team. We want to go after them. Two, um, as you mentioned, Derek X in the middle of it. I think his only strategy here is he might just have to stay silent on every front because he can't he yes. can't fight for Hannah. He wouldn't fight for Whitney, I don't think, despite wanting to not lose a number. Correct. Um, I mean that that's the downside of uh, actively evicting your own teammate. Yes. Um, and then I also don't think. Actually, who knows if Hannah knows that he's in these other alliances? I don't think she does. I don't think so either. I can't quite. Oh, we'll talk more about their budding relationship, but I can't quite get a vibe of how close it is quite yet. But there's also they strike me as more good friends right now. There are so many. There's a lot of like politics between all of these alliances that I. I really find it interesting in how they're going to go forward because it's an element that we've never gotten before that I feel like should probably be acknowledged. There's always seemingly in every season, at least talk of like gender motivated game strategies. And this is just going to bring this up. This is the first year it's ever been possible. It's very viable right now to have, um, well, not only gender, but there's also, racially motivated alliances oh, yeah, and yeah. this all makes sense because it's like it's possible and there's more... an even playing field exactly um and from that standpoint it does look like oh well maybe whitney might be the next target but also they all seem to like whitney a lot and the other thing not to be conflated with like oh the white guys with abs all going <laughs> these three white guys that have all been removed were all like the most annoying people so i'm not trying to make a whole issue of this but it is definitely like a thought process going on within the house yeah um i think they like the general house unity going on right now like there seems to be harmony within the house for the most part yeah so they want to maintain that sort of uh that sort of level um but those are all those are all good points um you know one of the things that i think is really interesting is Xavier's spot in all this. Now he's on the Kings, the team that's just killing it, right? But he's also he's very invested in the cookout. Mm-hmm. Um so far, because he's the only one who's been HOH. Uh actually no, Kyle was too. Um uh, based on what we've seen, I think he might be the most actively invested in the cookout out of everybody. So now that Hannah hasn't brought into that, which we didn't quite touch on, um, that's an interesting sort of push and pull for him within within his team because frankly i think the kings going after hannah is not the worst strategy yes i i think she would technically be better off to go early because there is a little bit of a sleeper aspect to her even though as we just touched on we're not sure she's the best game player yeah but i you know if i'm in that house i don't know i don't know if i want to find out so yeah Um, I, i get it uh the the other thing just to touch even more on uh, how many like gender and racial generalizations can I make in one moment? Um, it seems like a girl is going to go this week. 
Just based on numbers, it, yeah. it, it would seem that it's going to go in that direction. Um, seeing as we've had three guys go, uh, there is almost definitely going to be some sort of conversation between, like, say, X and Christian being like, yo, should we be worried about this? Yeah. Um. So if I'm making any predictions, we can get more into it in Sunday Scaries. It does seem like Whitney and Hannah would be easy targets to go after in that uh, they're on the same team. They would get a number yeah. out for the girls and so on and so forth. Okay. Yeah, I think it's all fair. So, you know, a lot of stuff going on here. Um, Derek X is still the most intriguing, I'd say, in this in this case. Um, and I'm really, really interested to see what happens this week. Um, but then we get into um, the eviction. Love and nothing. Brent is gone. Um, Brittany stays. Um, and, 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 you know, almost getting back to what we were just talking about, one last thing about in the upcoming week. Why is everyone so I, – and I, I think I understand part of it, but why is everyone so adamantly against sending Brittany home? Because no one – it does not seem like this year they have embraced the idea of sending the easy person home, and she is undoubtedly the easy person. And this is the first week where I think that makes a lot of sense. I think you very well may be right. Um, unfortunately, Brittany gives off like gonna be there on finale night vibes. <laughs> oh no, no, she does not. Uh, like Sarah uh, Beth gives off those vibes. I I actually agree more with you, but I'm talking about in past seasons, the perpetual pawn always makes it to like top five. Um, yeah, there's value in having her there. There is, and. I the other part that I I always hate about the perpetual pawn storyline is the feeling the need to entertain like oh man made it through nine weeks on the block what what is it was fighter. their job yeah yeah, yeah they're the reason that they survive it's just being dictated by everyone else yeah um and I mean for the purpose of the show I kind of wish that they would just just do what we know is already gonna happen. And if she wins a veto one week, perfect. She deserves it. Yeah. Um, but like, if you don't think there's a target, just kind of take take the person that we're all kind of torturing right now by constantly putting her on the block. Yeah. And I, I thought I was done with the strategy talk, but there's really good strategy talk this week. Um, last thing, I'm I'm suggesting in one on one hand, okay, put up the perpetual pawn. On the other hand, I want to say. The last three evictions were largely predicated on, like, I don't really want to live with this person. Mm -hmm. Travis might have been more like, oh, he could be a threat. But at but also, like, if we're being real, they made a quick judgment. It was like, yeah, we don't want to live with this guy. Yes. But my... And his abs. <laughs> yeah, there, <laughs> yeah, there are some stereotypes you just can't overcome. Well, well I mean... I unfortunately it's living up to what he said uh we need to see frenchy with his shirt off it, it, <laughs> might, it might be three for three here that's a good point <laughs> <laughs> jesus um but no. as i said again not to be misconstrued on everything these guys were fucking annoying oh completely <laughs> they, yeah, no, they no, all sucked you know i'm not saying it's like bad strategy but what i'm saying is at what point does it shift to oh now we get a threat out now I mean, can we just say who won HOH? Um, yeah, yeah. So Christian wins HOH. He's limited, right? Because the other clear threat in my mind is Xavier. He's on his team. 
So you can't get him out. Uh, and what I find so interesting is we don't have the prototypical big threats that we normally do. Yeah. So it almost makes sense that they're following this sort of pattern where like, okay, maybe we'll put a pawn up, but really we're going to go based on who we don't like living with. That is such a departure from what this has been for however many seasons now. I, yeah. I just thought that was really interesting. It definitely is. Um, and we'll get more into Christian being HOH once we get to like an official Sunday Scaries. One thing before we transition here that I want to mention from Thursday's episode. Talk about everyone calling out, specifically Derek F., that Xavier might be a lawyer. How did that just oh, come yeah. up? Well, it's like it's like how we focus on the first podcast for twenty minutes with Brennan about how like I don't know if he's a bartender. He doesn't seem like a bartender. I mean, maybe he's onto something because why would people fixate on that like that? That's true. And to be fair, uh, I'm starting to come more around to what Brendan was saying, and that while he is a charismatic guy, he doesn't necessarily give off like. I guess kind of like the life of the party bartender Fair. vibe that you would expect. He he actually does give off a pretty like analytical vibe. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. Um and he's yeah, he doesn't he's definitely personable, but I, I think I agree with you. Yeah. I also uh I did find it funny when they were talking outside about this and Sarah Beth was like, if I find out that you're actually a lawyer and a model, I'm going to like kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) better go into hiding. (laughs) So yeah. Uh, Brent went home. Hilarious exit interview. He knew it the whole time. Completely. But he actually, I didn't know, but I knew the whole time, like completely delusional. Uh, And just a great, like two out of three exit interviews so far have been just like really beautiful displays of mansplaining. It's <laughs> like telling, telling Julie like, Oh yeah, this was what happened. And it's all because of this. And they thought this. Now who, this. who are you saying didn't mansplain? Frenchie. He was actually kind of like, he, he almost had like more of a contrition type vibe to, Oh yeah. To hey, his. I, I forgot. He took the approach of, well, he knew he didn't want to take that double week of safety because he knew by week two he'd want to see his kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. He had he had crazy logic to what he was saying and mm-hmm. like, you know, sort of reverse engineering some of his decisions. But I think that Travis and uh, Brent's were just hilarious because they were just like bros up there talking nonsense. On another plane of existence. Yeah. So that was fun. Uh, Christian is our HOH after the Kings win yet another comp. And I'm not a big fan of Christian. I'm really interested to see how this interested to see how this goes. I think there's a chance he's a real pain in the ass as with power. Um, but I guess we'll see. I, I'm going to go the other way. I think he's going to be, he's going to be calmer. Just kind of do what his team wants him to do and just make out with Alyssa. Yeah. I, I mean, he has the room to himself now. He yeah. got what he wanted. <laughs> Everything's coming up, Chris. Yeah, they were actually going to uh, they were going to let Sarah Beth place that final piece, and then he was just like, no! <laughs> Is that what happened? Because I missed that in the explanation of how the comp worked. I'm like, why did he win again? Um, well, that that's how you won. Whether that yeah, actually yeah. happened, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just pushes Sarah Beth <laughs> off the platform. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, you want to get into uh, goodbye messages? 
Yes, let's do yes, it. Yes, I do. Hey, Brent. I just want you to know that it's just a game. It's not personal. The entire house just decided that they hated your face and your personality. And the fact that there was never any leftover Gabagool. I'm sorry, man. Just nothing I could do. Brent, since numbers don't lie, but people do, maybe you should become an accountant. Here's a fun equation for you. Number of votes to keep you in the house equals amount of money you're taking home from BB23. A big fat zero. See you on finale night. All right, so now we're on to Love and Showmance. I, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the first of the season? It's the first, like, we are breaking this off as an official segment. We Love did it. mention it last week because the show led us to believe, like, Brent and Hannah could be a thing. Yeah, we didn't realize. Yeah, yeah how about that at it when she clearly, like, has abject disgust for him? Oh, my God. I'm I'm glad that you're bringing this around to the first point of Love and Showmance because when they did that whole conversation that we made fun of with the guys and girls being friends cutting to her and being like her being like literally every word out of his mouth makes me want to vomit. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You know, really not a big fan, but she might be a big fan of somebody else. Yes. Uh, and that person is Derek X, which I mean, Brendan made a good case off the pod that, it does make sense because they're both like the young cool people. So that makes sense. But yeah, age wise, they do make a lot of sense. And, and there's clearly something because I told you guys a story of just asking my wife out of nowhere, who do you think the first showman is once I found out about it? And she got it right off the bat. To me, it was not obvious. I was kind of surprised by this, but I like it. I'm also very surprised about this. And uh, they didn't give us a lot to work with. But we saw a little moment of them being kind of flirty together. Derek acts. I can't tell if he maybe he doesn't have have game in that way. Or maybe he's just mm. a pretty quiet, like sort of stoic guy in general, because even his assessment of it was like, uh, yes, uh, Hannah seems to be flirting with me. <laughs> like he, he almost talked about it as if it's in like the third person. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, I wonder if a guy like that is just more reserved because it's like we're on national television. Like maybe in his normal life, it wouldn't be that yeah uh, weird, I guess. Um, although it's not necessarily putting him on blast, but Derek X reminds me a lot of my good friend and former college roommate in every way. Like they're they're literally built the exact same and act very similar and. Uh, I I would say that my former college roommate had a similar tact in okay. getting into his relationship. It was more like pretend to be somewhat clueless, and then eventually something just kind of happens. Okay, yeah. Well, so so maybe that'll be the destiny for Dark. Oh, yes, yeah, so Owen's former college roommate <laughs> track. He's right on it. <laughs> but no, I, I'm a fan of this. I kind of hope this takes off um, because also because it, I don't get the impression it will be the type of showmance that our next one could be, which is kind of like that gross, uh, typical, 
like, oh yeah, two young hot people just kind of decided that they're going to hook up for the summer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, oh, let's get into it. Chrysalis. Excellent name. Not a fan of the couple. Neither am I. Um, Christian and Alyssa, we we were on it from the jump, and I, I think it was pretty clear that we had a side. In yes. The Christian and Alyssa was implied early, and it just seemed to have been shot down, and we, we loved the fact that it was shot down because Christian seemed like a douche, and she... Uh, uh, like seeing her shoot him down, I was like, "Yeah, oh, we're liking Alyssa. We're like, we like Alyssa." <laughs> yeah, and then it turns out like, oh, well, the model girl just ended up at the end of the day hooking up with the guy that thought he was entitled to her. So yeah. Um, to be fair, I'm still a big fan of Alyssa. I'm also a big fan of Alyssa, and I actually like Christian more. And maybe I, I don't like him. I I can't get there. I like him more. This week will probably. This week will probably determine a lot in terms of how much I like him. Um, I I should say I don't hate him. Um, okay. And I'm even maybe being a little aggressive by saying like, oh, he thinks he's entitled to her. But there was like that weird moment of like, well, we just look good together. Well, yeah, no, I mean, like that's a very weird statement. <laughs> yes. So. Um, so we're a little disappointed in our girl, but, you know. Yeah, but, you know. You know, Xavier would have been a much better choice, in my opinion, but yeah. oh well. And little does she know, <laughs> he has such a great career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good point. She's like, oh, I don't want to hook up with a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if, like... I'd, ra- I'd rather much have an, an assistant general contractor. <laughs> I hope there's, like, a diary room just, like, on a hard drive somewhere of her saying that. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, that's that. awesome. Um, okay, so on to uh, Armchair HOH. And we got to remember here, we're gonna, we, we got some picks sent into us from uh, Brendan, yeah. recovering from the snake bite. Do, do you want to uh, do you want to read his off first? Do you have it handy? I do. Let's pull it up uh, right now. Um, so he gives Xavier a B plus. Give me a couple of notes. It's a solid HOH, but he made it more difficult than he needed to. Uh I kind of agree with that. Now, I'm just going to piggyback off of this because my points are similar. Um, I, I'm going with an A-. minus. Um, I think he overall accomplished what he needed to, and I think it is actually similar to the Kylan HOH in that uh, he accomplished what he needed to. It was relatively effective, but at points made it more difficult than he needed to. Brennan put it really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know how much of the the friction that started in the cookout because of this with Aza and Tiffany and him was his fault. I really don't think it was his fault. I think Aza was the impetus for a lot of that. But the fact that that is an outcome of this week kind of sucks. And maybe a slight dig that I'll say is like, I, I don't, do you think he needed to make more alliances or alignments as a result of this, the power this week or not because he was already in so many good situations. So I, because am, that could be a knock. I'm going to give him the same grade as Brendan at a B plus despite okay. achieving his goal. Um, I really think he's actually in a worse spot than he was before being HOH. Not all of his fault, but he could have avoided it in that I really actually do think he played a heavy role 
in creating the rift within the cookout. Because like I was saying earlier, there was an out. He, Oz's terms were clear. I would rather you put me up as the pawn instead of Brittany. Yes. And they, they could have had the discussion that had that happen and everyone was fine with it. And we, we know she's going to be safe because there's, uh, they would have had the assumption that they could have enough sway over the vote. Okay. So, but what, what do we think Tiffany, Derek, Kylan, and, um, Hannah think about that? I don't think they're into it. I, I think, I think Ozzy was acting irrationally. I, I think there's a possibility of that, but, um, at the same time, I, I don't know. It, it just seems like this rift with Aza didn't need to happen. And then what are you going to create the rift? Because someone is volunteering to m- really make your week a little bit easier. Um, I, I, I'm a fan of the strategic pawn and this could have just been a strategic pawn. There was no real mm. threat to her. I'm going to defend him again. I really think he, some nonsense got brought to him and he kind of shot down some nonsense. I, I, refuse to acknowledge this as nonsense and i i think it's it's more nonsense to have this like mythical idea in their head that they're never going to nominate each other but you don't need to do it week three i know but it's not like we're trying to take out aza true but i i explained how if if brent takes himself off the block then all of a sudden she's open to get taken out yeah but is she more open? Yes. I really do think it just would have come down to Whitney and it's like, well, I guess Whitney goes home now. Um, but also the, the other thing I'm knocking him for is just the idiocy of trying to sell Brittany as a target. It, it was just never going to happen. That's fair. Um, and, and he, he was very clunky with how he, he handled the Brent portion of it, like leading up to it. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give you that. I agree with that. Um, so really, was Brittany worth a divide in the cookouts relationship? No, and, and that's Oz's fault. That's not his fault. And that is getting Oz's demoted fault. in grades for armchair HOH. Was it worth it? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I think I might agree with you that he's worse off than he was a week ago, but I would argue it is less so because of the, the Oz situation or anything, anything about the way he handled Brent or Brittany. Uh, maybe, I mean, if Brittany is not a huge fan of him anymore, like, okay, like whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think he is slightly worse off because I think it's very clear that he was the first HOH that was a power player. That's going to be around for a while. So he's officially a, an established threat. He's not a theoretical threat. Like there are at this time point in the game, like there's so many theoretical threats right now. You know, Brent was one. Mm hmm. Um, he now he is the first official threat that even though we like him, maybe we need to think about taking him out at some point. Whereas before he was theoretical. Now it's real. I agree with that. Um, one thing that we actually didn't touch on that I just want to bring up really quickly is uh, when it, it came to the talk of what will happen next week before the Brent eviction. Derek X did actually get the ultimate out in that Hannah said, oh, well, you should throw the HOH. Otherwise, you'd have an HOH and two vetoes, and that would be too threatening. And it's like, perfect, because I was sitting there watching that moment thinking, Derek has to make sure to throw this week. Um, And she gave him the out automatically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And this actually gets to another thing I wanted to say. I totally forgot. 
and this actually plays into his grade, and I'm, I almost want to put it down to a B plus just because of this. Um, and this is a major nitpick. But uh, if Xavier wins the HOH, it's an even better week because I know it's too early, but that is a big resume booster. Mm-hmm. And you need those numbers at the end. You need three to five vetoes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, that would have been a big one. Absolutely. Um, what's our next segment? Because now Christian has an HOH and a veto, and maybe even another veto this week. Oh, now, wait. Did you say that correctly? Uh, who, yeah. Who? Xavier needed – he didn't need to, but if he, it would have been great if he won this POV because now it's a – it's another stat. Oh, okay, okay. Um, now Christian has a POV and HOH. He has another chance at a POV this week. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, you're right. Um, I'm think because I think Xavier's a long game player. I think we were, we're talking about him in the final five. Here's a here's a good question for you: Is Xavier better off in the cookout or going all in on the Kings? I I think uh I think there's an order of operations here. I think the Kings and Queens or the Royal Flush are much more important to the first month and a half. Because remember how I always talk about the Alliance of Eight gets you halfway through the game. Mm-hmm. Then your smaller, more tight knit alliances prevail. And if they at that point, if he gets to the point where like, okay, we've got almost half people out. You know, our alliance has fallen apart a little bit, the kings and queens. But the members of the cookout have stayed relatively intact. Well, then it's a very easy pivot. Yeah. So I think there are I think there are stages to it. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be one or the other. And that's why I like the the way he's aligned. Um I think I agree. Uh ultimately I think my answer would be just to the general question, he'd be better off just sticking with the cookout. Despite the fact that there is something threatening about him and Christian just being the jocks that team up together. Um, but then now there's the added element of chrysalis. So yes, you you don't want to be tied up in that. They're going to be, they're going to be, that's actually like a beautiful thing for him because they are going to now be bigger targets next to him. And maybe someone will want to split them up first. Yeah. That's a very good point. All right. Um, Sunday scaries. Sunday scaries. Um, so the obvious, the obvious one is Whitney, correct? She just seems to be the only name that's standing out a little bit right now. Uh, I have another one, but give me give me the case for Whitney. Um, I I just think her name gets thrown around a lot. The Aces seem to be a popular team to go after right now. There was some sort of perception that she was aligned with Brent heavily, but as we learned throughout this week, I mean, Whitney hated Brent just as much yes, as everyone else. And now here is a downside of us not being involved in the feeds. What are the so many ups and downs between Whitney and Brent? I'm sure. I have it's no idea. Probably him just saying ignorant shit to her and her getting mad. Yeah, I could see that. Because uh, seeing as we got the lecture of her being like, careful what you say to people or something. Yeah. Well, she, clearly she has some affection for him because she was willing to like say that to him like hey you know trying to clue you in here you know what i mean like she didn't have to do that yeah um there always seems to be at least a a baseline level of affection that comes with being in the big brother house of like you you do want these people to be like genuinely good people when you're 
in there. At least that's what it seems like. Oh, totally. Um, and that's more what I read into that. But um, I don't know. Uh, for some reason, her name is out there. I can't really make the case as to specifics for why. Um, but uh, she's trending on Twitter, which is not actually a real thing. I'm using that more as an expression. BB Twitter. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, I think she fits a similar a similar mold to Britney right now, but people are tired of putting Britney up and watching the hysterics that ensue every week. Mm-hmm. I really think that I really think that's why Britney's not going up. I don't know. I, I think she still might go up. She but. might go up, but but so many people seem to be against that. And I think Christian and Alyssa even said that they don't want to put her up. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, my choice is Hannah. Um, we have a lot of the same reasons as Whitney. Um, she's a member of the Aces. Uh, we have the evidence that Alyssa and Christian and the King said uh, we might want to put up Hannah. Um, and by doing that, I think uh, – they could really sell it to themselves as not just a move that like makes sense based on alliances, but you know, this might be a real game move. Like she, she is more clearly not more clearly. It seems as if she's more of a threat than Whitney or Brittany. Mm -hmm. Um, because like we said, it does seem like it's time for one of the girls. One of the girls is going to go this week. So we'll see. I don't think she necessarily deserves it, but also she's been a little bit careless, maybe a little careless. A little careless. Um, I think that's fair to put on. Her. I don't think her getting nominated would be a re- nominated would be a result of her being careless, but you know, I guess we'll see what happens. Um, the last Sunday scary I would add would be the viewer and Aza if Britney gets nominated. Mm, I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we should. Like that. We should all be scared. Britney shouldn't be that scared, but the rest of us should be. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Just yelling everything. Uh, okay. Get ready for the veto. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you gotta have like a karate mentality. Like you're just trying to chop through some bricks. She she really she actually has like that that karate cadence to her voice when she gets fired up. Anyway. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It, everything's got a slight scream to it. Yes. Um. You want to get into everyone's favorite segment? Whose house is it anyway? I do. Our power ranking segment. It's my favorite segment as well. I would say it's mine too. Yeah. Uh, how do we, how do we want to do this? You want me to have uh, Brennan's go first? Yeah, have Brennan's go first, then then mine, then yours. Okay, so um, Brennan at number four starts with Christian. Uh, he said, I think he was getting at the Kings here. He says, "I don't think he's the brain behind them, but he won the HOH, so that's his his rationale for putting him there." Kind of hard to argue that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, my number four is Alyssa because. The Kings are in such a powerful position right now. Alyssa seems really well ingratiated with everyone. She has a new showmance, and showmance is going to be powerful for at least a little bit. Yeah. Um, She's in just a really good spot. I still like her as a game player. So I put her at number four. Nice. Yeah. So I have Derek X number four. Um, I think we have sort of laid out his vulnerabilities at the moment, but... Those are those are just that. They're vulnerabilities right now. Um he's he's proven that he's been able to work through some adversity and he is he has these vulnerabilities because he has such advantageous placement in the house elsewhere. So yes, he's like you got the prototypical house of cars that could come crashing down, but I kind of trust him to get through the next few steps, and I don't think he's gonna be a big target. And at least for a little bit. 
and he's also a competitor. He's he's proven himself in competition. So I think four is a good spot for him. All of that is true, and I'm I assume he's probably coming up on Brendan's list, but I did not include him on mine because really? my case would be he very well might be one of the most powerless people going into this week. Literally this he, week. Yeah, that's a great point. He has so many conflicting sides going about and there's nothing he can do. He actually just has to say silent in order to maintain his position within the house. He can't, make a big wave at all and it might send home his little uh lowmance going on or one of his team members that's actually a really great point um i think we like him and we're we're optimistic about him but Mm -hmm. those are hard points to deny yeah all right so brendan number three has Alyssa. i i think it's a lot of the same things you said good placement the kings are killing uh showman's power right now and she's likable, period. Like, it, you know, the, the I don't think the the type of girl that normally fills her, you know, um, her stereotypical role within the casting is someone that the crowd really likes. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I'm we're big fans. I, I feel like um, I, I have no idea on Twitter or anything like that if people like her or not. But yeah, I it's it's just best to stay away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, did you hear that people on Twitter like? Um, were like threatening Frenchie's family and like threatening to burn down his farm. Oh my god! You know, Frenchie was a loose cannon and a very bad game player, and probably you know a little bit questionable. But he didn't strike me as like a horrible person. He's just he was what I would call chaotic neutral. Well, yes, that's that's very fair to describe him as that. And I I saw Big Brother Twitter getting mad that he would point to like basically ways of him being woke and it's like uh, do you just want him to be like the racist farmer like well what's your goal here yeah, which, he, which he's is trying better. to be a well-intentioned person yes so which is better you know him being the racist farmer or trying yeah um like, I, i'd take trying any day of the week personally yeah <laughs> so, well it, yeah i don't know whatever uh i don't know twitter users that don't have a face on their profile tend to be unhinged Fair. but um anyways my number three is christian because nice. I, I like... I, I think he's my number three as well. Let me check. He, he's my number three as well. Perfect. Um, I like Brendan's point of not the brains behind the operation, but HOH. I think it's better to have him at three because of this. Mm-hmm. Um, he's stacking up wins. Stacking up wins. I think he's generally well-liked in the house. It seems like it. I think it's us that don't like him. Like I think he's well, right. I, I think a lot of viewers might not like him just because he's he's kind of a stereotype that people don't like, but, um, I don't know. Good spot. I, I th- yeah, I think three is perfect. We, we do tend to have the, the new HOH fall into number three very often in this. Yes. Unless they have reason for believing that they're more powerful. Yes. So Brendan's number two is, as you guessed, Derek X. Um, I think we've talked through the positives and the negatives of his game right now. Uh, Brennan didn't have any specific That's a homer notes. pick on his part. Big time. But I, I think all of us like him to some extent. Uh, yes, we do. So I really like that you didn't have him. I had him at four, and he had him at two. It really shows he's created a, a large range of outcomes for himself. I'm really intrigued to see how he pulls it off. Yeah, I completely agree. My number two is Xavier. Um, And I'm actually doubting 
placing him at number two now that I think of it, just based on my case of he put himself in a worse position. But at the same time, it's still a damn good position. And as you can see, I gave a lot of love to the Kings here just because they're so powerful we all, we within all the team dynamic. Um, unfortunately, I'm sorry. Don't expect a Sarabath number one. I, I would do it if I SB. could. I would, I would put SB at number one if I could, but I can't rationalize that. Um, despite thinking she's in a very good spot. I agree. Um, but I can't, I can't give more data as to why I think Xavier's number two. Actually, I can. You've read articles in data. <laughs> I, I actually can though. Um, he's not only part of the Kings, but he's the only member of the Kings that has the cookout element. Ah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, so my number two is Alyssa. Um, I think she, this is purely social game. I think she's in a great spot socially. I think, um, being in a showmance with the HOH is very good, at least for this week. Um, I'm hoping that she has fun making out with him and continues her, uh, approach to her social game and doesn't make any waves this week that she doesn't need to. Uh, cause you don't want to, if, if Christian is a nightmare, you don't want to be part of that. You know what I mean? So I think that's important. Uh, but yeah, I think she's in an excellent spot. The Kings are killing. I don't know if she's up here to stay, but at the moment she's in a great spot. That's all I got. And Brendan has number one. Let's see what he has. Me and Brendan have the same number one. And who would that be? Xavier. Um, oh. Yeah, so you made good points about him not being in the best spot compared to last week. So I'm just going to speak for myself because Brendan didn't give me any notes. Um, leading up to the week when he won HOH, so last week, um, I was like, he's a sleeping giant. He's going to be awesome. Uh, good feeling about him. Seemed to have the personality. Seemed to be relatively physical, uh, physically adept. Uh, and then it happened. And while, yes, now I talked about that distinction between a theoretical threat and a real threat, um, show me, show me the bigger threat. I, I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whether they win or not, the, the player who is a powerful, um, physical competitor and mental competitor has a place in this game and is going to make it far. And on top of that, as you said, his his blend of alliances might be the best going. Now, um, I, like Tiffany still has that. Tiffany has that same blend, but I'm not sure she's had a chance to really exploit it yet. So we'll see what happens with Tiffany. Um, but yeah, I, I just think he's in a great spot. I also think that I really am excited to see if Christian defers to him at all this week and looks to Xavier for for advice and to you know, maybe run run the the week a little bit. It it could he be. He seems possible. like a natural leader in a way. Yeah, it could be possible. Um, but getting into my number one, my number one is Tiffany, our girl. Yeah, no, she's um, number one in my heart. My reasoning for number one is a lot of the same reasoning as other weeks why I've ranked her is because I think she's just really pulling a lot of strings and that could come to backfire, but it hasn't yet. Um, the Derek X uh, corollary. Yes. Uh, and I think the cookout might be able to control a lot of narratives this season 
And I think she's kind of the puppeteer behind that. She definitely is a leader of the cookout. Yes. And then if you're thinking like, well, yeah, Christian's obviously not part of the cookout, but Christian seems like at least this week, he's going to have a pretty impressionable week. I, I don't think he's going to try and make the biggest waves. I'd agree with that. Um, So I don't think he is going to like try and target Tiffany or anything. It, technically, it's not the best like power ranking thing because Tiffany doesn't really have direct power this week. Mm-hmm. But this is what I was thinking. I genuinely think, and I, I don't know how many more people in the house are like this. I think if Tiffany was placed on the block, say in like a backdoor scenario, and like Christian decided he thought he was going after a big target here, I don't think there's any way to get her evicted. I love that. It's yeah. the exact same rationale that she didn't have to explain herself by not taking safety. Yes. Because she has herself so well insulated. That was Great the point. point. That was the point I was teasing earlier. Uh, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Because the that person, that person that you think, I mean, it was Cody last year. Um, and we're still a little early here, but um, when you look at the person and think, why aren't they going for that big threat? And then the conclusion you reach is, I genuinely don't think they could get the votes to get them out. That person is typically in a very good spot. It's a great point. Um, you know, we haven't seen the physical aspect yet. She did win the wild card, but it was given to her. Mm-hmm. If she can combine that with the the physical, or not even the physical, just the winning and gaining power in in that way, I think you're you're onto something. And, yeah. and I'm hoping the same thing. She's my, she's been my other sleeping giant, right, along with um, Xavier. So we saw Xavier convert that. Uh, let's see if she can do it. I, I'm really hoping she can because I think she's my favorite overall. I I genuinely think I think she needs um one maybe two HOH wins uh over the course of a season over the course of a season yeah. to be considered for winning cuz her game it's clearly modeled in the in the Dan Derrick model of Yeah, she doesn't need to be a powerhouse. Exactly. Um so I'm not as worried about her like proving herself in that way, but it does come down to an extent that like you do have to you have to win something. She does strike me as a type that once the numbers dwindle, she'll be able to win some comps. Yeah. So I agree I, with I, that. I have faith in her for sure. But that was my number one. That was great. I'm feeling good. So am I. A lot of strategy this episode. Yeah, I it was refreshing. Uh me and Brendan typically talking about like pooping ourselves or something <laughs> like that. Um you and I we we get into the logistics of the strategy. <laughs> Well, well, what's refreshing about it, though is there's a lot to talk about that. Wait, normally it's us just getting into like these thought exercises about like, well, what should you do and how should you do it? And it's like, well, no, there's actually a lot of different like ways this can play out and it's exciting. And there as as we touched on the entire episode, there are so many layers to how all the alliances are commingling with the teams. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff um, you know we don't even know about too. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, this conversation has actually made me a little more like, I kind of, I kind of want to do a little feed deep dive, see, see what I've been on, missing yeah. out on, see what I can fill the viewers in on. I love that. Um, yeah, but cool. That's our episode. All right. Um, uh, I, fr- we have handles, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I had mentioned before, if anyone wants to send in 
any questions or anything, that is an option on Twitter or the email, which I've given out and I can put in the description. Uh, other than that, we're going to be back next. It, it always comes out like Thursday night slash Friday morning. In fact, I think I'm going to start scheduling it for Friday morning just out of consistency. Like that. But um, uh, that's the end of episode four of Podcast Vito, and we'll see you all next week. Good night, house guests.